Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a sports nutrition researcher, I'm a licensed nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. We are going to catch up with Phil after the break. Uh, I just want to give everyone a heads up. We're going to, I'll do some news, uh, mail, the usual, here in the beginning. Uh, and then Phil is going to talk with Dal Gaines about a recent meet that they both had. Um, should be good stuff. The audio, I'm going to warn you, is a little rough. So um, there were some technical issues, and I'm not even sure where Phil was when he was recording everything, but um, if you really are a stickler about audio quality, then listen up to the midpoint of the show. Uh, I would suggest, though, you barrel through it and see what you can get out of it because there's going to be some good stuff there. Uh, I know Phil kicked some ass despite his some of his artificial body parts, um, and Dal is huge and strong and someone who you could probably learn some stuff from. So, uh, again, we'll do some news, we'll do some mail, then we'll go to break, and then we'll go over to Phil. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Let's start with uh, an email I almost overlooked. Uh, this is from Thomas. He says, um, Hi, Dr. Lowry. I was recommended to you guys about a month ago by a friend, and I've been working my way through your episodes ever since. I recently listened to episode 316 regarding stem cell treatment. I'm about to undergo a similar treatment on my knee uh, here in the UK. Uh, the treatment is a matrix-induced autologous chondrocyte implantation. So that's a mouthful. Um, it's basically more intrusive than the small injections that you mentioned in episode 316. Uh, my knee will be opened up shin to thigh, and my kneecap flipped over in order to quote-unquote mosaic the matrix on the uh, chondrial defect. So they're going to put some uh, sort of tiny implants all over on the back side of his kneecap. On to the question, can you guys provide any advice for post-op to aid my recovery? I plan to reduce calories to preserve body comp, uh, but I'm unsure if this will slow healing from the trauma. Are there any supplements or vitamins I could be taking to assist in the recovery and the growth of the stem cells? Appreciate all you guys do. Feel free to discuss on the show if you wish. Uh, keep the info flowing. I'll be working my way through all of those episodes during recovery. Regards, Thomas. And then later he sent us a follow-up and just said, for context, I'm a 24-year-old uh, guy, currently at 190 pounds, a little heavier than I'd like to be. Uh, I plan to reduce mainly carbohydrates, as I found I'm susceptible to carbs, maybe a little insulin resistant. Um, okay, so... Thomas, the, the short answer is I probably would not reduce calorie intake. Very typical sort of dietetics approach to surgical uh, rehab is to increase protein and calories. Uh, injury is something that increases protein needs, for example. Uh, we've been talking about research on the show that especially whey protein uh, could slow atrophy uh, considerably. Now, whether or not that holds true all the way through the rehab phase, 
uh, is a little bit more gray. We just talked about this in the experimental biology uh, on-site uh, report. Uh, but I, I would not be cutting uh, calories. Now, there is some interesting data that floats around, and don't take this too much to heart as far as immediate applicability, but that high blood sugars can actually interfere with wound repair. So your idea to pull back on the carbs a little uh, might be okay. I wouldn't do it too much, though, because your calorie needs are going to be increased. And again, this is just for informational purposes only, um, but this is the sort of things that I've been seeing. So what would I do in this situation? I would probably take some extra vitamin C or zinc. There's some indication that that could help with soft tissue repair, especially the vitamin C. It helps um, collagen, uh, cross-bridge formation, a uh, little hydroxylysine, hydroxyproline residues that uh, help sort of bind and and form collagen. So that might be helpful. Uh, like I said, there were in the past I've mentioned there were some studies where they gave vitamin C and zinc to people to try to prevent bed sores uh, from extended bed rest. Uh, and that met with mixed results. But again, that's more skin and you're talking about the underside of your kneecap. Um, so the tradition, traditional approach would be keep your calories up, keep your protein up. I would focus on whey protein because at least in the initial atrophy phase, right? Because you're not exactly going to be uh, growing like a weed. Uh, I think whey protein might be helpful. I think a, some supplementing maybe 250 milligrams of vitamin C might be helpful. Uh, you could check with your doctor. Uh, not that a lot of physicians are automatically really up on all the latest uh, nutrition stuff. Um, but if you're going to pull some carbs out, I would put some healthy fats in and not cut your calories too much. Uh, it really depends on your goal. Do you want to take this period to try to maintain muscle at all cost? Um, maybe it's a time to actually cut all, you know, uh, pull the carbs out maybe a little more aggressively and try to control your body fatness. But again, for healing purposes, uh, I, I keep the protein coming. I'm actually a fan of about a gram per pound, something like 40 grams per meal across four meals of the day. Um, I would probably keep some healthy fats in there. Uh, based on your body size and your age, um, and again, I'm not going to assess this, but you know, guys like you tend to benefit from about 3,000 calories a day or so. I know your calorie output is going to be down, so it really depends on your goals. Do you want to take this rehab period and uh, preserve muscle at all cost, you know, and not really worry about fat gain? That'd be one way to do it. It would probably help you heal to be in a calorie and nutrient surplus. Uh, another approach might be, well, you know, I can't really train heavy, so I'll, I'm going to keep the protein at a gram per pound. I am going to pull back on the carbs a little and, you know, maybe consume uh, just a few hundred calories a day less than you would when you were training, something like that. So um, I wish there was a ton more that I could tell you, but a lot of this has to do with your body's healing ability and, you know, maybe a multivitamin, multimineral, something along those lines. But just some uh, things to consider, my friend. So thanks for listening to the show. That's good stuff. What else? Um, John sent me something uh, that is sort of reinforcing to the way bodybuilders get lean. This is from the New York Times, but let me get to his email. Uh, hey guys, article and similar uh, and study that, that's similar to your regimen on fasting before a workout. One difference is the study participants are sedentary males as opposed to athletes. Thanks, John. So, I pulled just the New York Times bit of this. I did not pull the whole paper because this is a crazy week for us. But um, this is by Gretchen Reynolds. And it starts off by saying, for those who can stomach it, working 
working out before breakfast may be more beneficial for health than eating first, according to a useful new study on meal timing and physical activity, uh, and especially as it regards how much fat we burn. So uh, the journalist goes on to say, if you eat first, you have relatively high levels of blood sugar, and working muscles readily use that, that sugar for a fuel. Um, now, th this is the whole reason, of course, that if your goal is fat loss, a, a fat-specific calorie drain, why bodybuilders do not eat a uh, big breakfast before they train. For performance, yeah, you would. But for fat loss, not so much. So this one is about fat loss. Uh, let's see. New study published in the American Journal of Physiology, Endocrinology, and Metabolism. And they homed in, as the journalist says, on fat cells. Uh, it says in recent years, scientists have established that fat cells constantly make and excrete, I think he or she means secrete, uh, a wide variety of substances. And that's true. Adipokines, there's lots of things that affect your metabolism. Um, anyway, they took 10 overweight, sedentary, but otherwise healthy young men that sort of lived a typical lifestyle. They tested their fitness level and their resting metabolic rate, and they did some blood samples and uh, some fat tissue biopsies, I think. Then they had them walk on a treadmill for an hour at a moderate pace that was uh, about right to burn fat as a fuel. And a lot of our listeners know, of course, if you get up above about a panting pace, so for someone in their you know, 20s maybe, or even 30s, maybe a heart rate of around 120, 126, something like that, non-panting pace, uh, so you don't cross over, as we say, to glycogen and carbohydrate use. So they're looking for direct fat burning here. Um, beforehand, they either had the guys skip breakfast, therefore having a prolonged overnight fast, or they gave them a substantial 600-calorie morning meal of toast, jam, cereal, milk, and orange juice. And that was about two hours before the walking. Um, as you might guess, they burned more fat during the walks on an empty stomach. And again, this is the old bodybuilder trick, right, in the morning. If you want a fat-specific calorie drain, don't have a lot of blood sugar and insulin preventing fat mobilization. Uh, but it was the impacts deep within the fat cells that may have been most consequential. Multiple genes behaved differently depending on whether someone had eaten or not before walking. Many of the genes produced proteins that can improve blood sugar regulation and insulin levels throughout the body and are associated with improved metabolic health. So this sort of comes back to one of the ideas that Dr. Nelson and I often discuss, which is that metabolic flexibility idea where you have to sometimes remind your body how to burn fat, especially when it comes to powerlifters and bodybuilders. We, we eat often, four or five times a day, you know, and um, blood sugar and insulin levels are usually up, uh, which is generally considered helpful for uh, gaining muscle over time, but not when you want to get rid of your love handles. Anyway, it says it may be wise to skip eating first, says Dylan Thompson, the director of health research at the University of Bath and the senior author on the study. Again, I think if we put this in context for our population, really depends on your goals. I like the idea of sort of within day periodization, right? Metabolic periodization, where maybe in the morning you do your some fat burning uh, I don't like to call it cardio because it's not really that intense. It's not really cardiovascular uh, challenge, you know. Uh, and then later in the day when you're, you got amino acids and blood glucose and insulin, you know, everything is sort of primed, then you hit the weights. Uh, and there are other advantages of that too, as we've talked about in the past. If you're just walking uphill for an hour on a treadmill, you could literally 
put a movie on a tablet or a laptop and just, you know, just walk. Uh, it, it, some of the drawbacks to that approach is it's the more of the tortoise approach, right, versus the hare approach. The tortoise approach is direct fat burning, but you got to do it a lot. Maybe literally 100 workouts in a row. In fact, once I wrote an article for T Nation called 100 Workouts, because if you do the math, if you want to drop about 10 pounds of fat, which is probably the amount that's necessary for anybody to notice uh, other than yourself, uh, that's going to take about 100 of these workouts. Again, if you just looked at the calorie drain uh, from the workouts themselves and you didn't aggressively diet in some way. Uh, anyway, interesting stuff that it's turning on the right kinds of genes. Um, you know, and we were actually just talking about that the other week too with high intensity interval work. Uh, this, the walking might turn on fewer genes, but again, there's some important ones for metabolic health. So I don't know, sort of validating the old school bodybuilder approach maybe. Um, two more things. This next one, uh, Fortress sent me. In fact, the next two are from Fortress. Sometimes he'll come out of the woodwork. He can't always get free, of course, for the show here, but he sent this one from uh, Katrina. It just says, hi there. Uh, I work with the Mind Pump Radio podcast, and I'll, I'll leave some of the advertising-esque bits out of this, but they said they have a very large fan base, and they'd like to be guests on Iron Radio. Uh, could be any number of topics, do's and don'ts of fitness, bodybuilding's finest moments. That might be a good one. Um, anyway, um, they thought that it would be complimentary, and it may in fact be. Maybe I'll reach out to these guys. Their tagline is, in an industry filled with lies, Mind Pump Media delivers a no BS approach to fitness through entertainment. So... There is an awful lot of BS in the industry. I'll give them a listen. If anybody else wants to listen uh, or look it up, send me an email and tell me what you think. Uh, we're pretty selective in who we have on the show. So uh, we'll, we'll check it out. Lastly, Fortress sent me something uh, in response to a text. He and I were going back and forth. And I know new listeners of the show don't remember Fortress unless you go back to some older episodes. But... Um, Basically, I, I asked him for metal recommendations. Uh, what's fairly new and that I might like. And if you look at our YouTube channel, it's just Lawnman7 on YouTube. Uh, or just you could search within YouTube Iron Radio, all one word. But there's a, uh, I, I've been listening to a little bit of post-rock. It's sort of instrumental metal music in, in a way. Um, but anyway, Fortress says the newest Gojira record, Magma from last year is spectacular. He says, I'll have to think about others. That's a, that's the first one, but um, I buy roughly five to 10 CDs a week, so I'm gonna have to think about this. So unfortunately, the hypocrisy of YouTube knows no bounds, and I can't even share a clip, uh, which is ironic because I've been listening to it on a YouTube channel that I'm sure doesn't have copyright approval to share the stuff. Anyway, um, check out Gojira magma i'm gonna do it myself uh of course we have supporting members and maybe that's the line that we can't cross right because uh, the iron brotherhood and sisterhood actually will donate some money it's not like we charge for iron radio i've always considered it free um thanks to you guys of course but um go check it out and then we'll just uh go to break and then we'll catch up with phil
Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Hi everybody, here we are again, this is Phil, uh, we're on Iron Radio, I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, I run Strength Guild, and a bunch of other stuff, so with us today, Lonnie's on the road and everybody else is on the road, so I got Dal Gaines joining us, Dal, thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem. Uh, I'm in my garage, opening it up to let some sun in, um, we've had some stack issues this morning, so. Anyways, we're just going to do a recap, kind of, uh, I think all the listeners know that uh, I did my first, I guess you could call comeback meet, first yeah. meet in a couple years, since uh, a total hip replacement and hamstring rupture and repair, so kind of trained for it, dieting down way too light, uh, but uh, no, dude, we'll just kind of shoot the shit on that and go from there, but... Um, I, don't know, I mean, it was a good day. I came in. I decided to go 242 instead of 220. Um, and I'll tell you what, man. Seeing the videos, I was a twink. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of an issue, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, you don't notice it yourself until, yeah. like, I can get pictures taken of me. And nobody, like, films me at the gym and things like that. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, until you see you walking around from the side. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then I see those videos. It's like, wow, I look way tall. So, yeah. and, you know, so, 
But uh, my main goal was do a meet, get a total, don't get hurt. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you kind of did more than that. Did you set a national record? Yeah, I set a national record. Well, it's kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on the whole Masters thing. I, I got you. I honestly like how, like, powerlifting watch now holds Masters world records, but it starts at 50. That makes more sense. Yeah. You know, they don't yeah, even not. track the 40 years once. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a good day. What did we do? We opened at 550 on squat, killed it. Yeah, and then what? Go ahead. 606. Then you yeah, 606. 606, 608, whatever it is in kilos. Yeah. And... Got called on the rack command because I was about to fall over. So That's a problem. Problem because you're skinny. Yeah. <laughs> Top <laughs> heavy. So I called that again. Shouldn't have. We went and tried to change it and go up, but they wouldn't allow you to go up after you call it. So yeah. kept it in control. Got that fine. So mm -hmm. bench was nothing special. I don't even remember what it was. 335, 340. Uh. Called it on the third because my shoulder was about to pop. Dow saved my life because the spotters weren't taking it. <laughs> uh, I was I was literally sitting there. Okay, guys, take it, take it, take it, take it. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dow ran up and grabbed the bar. I just knew I have that. I know now the feeling I get in my shoulder when it's gonna pop again. And if I push harder, it's gonna pop. So. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the the deadlifting in the dark. Which was quite interesting. The whole block or whatever lost power. Uh, so we had no lights, no radio, no nothing. Luckily, JP was running the meat on a laptop, so it had a battery. I was like, oh, man, I think he just lost everything. Yeah. <laughs> that would have sucked. But, yeah. uh, you know, the lifters were okay with it. So it was a little different deadlifting in the dark with no music. But uh, opened at 6.05 and then went 6.60 to break the current. Uh, master's national record by five pounds. And my hamstring cramped up a little on that. You can see it <laughs> in what you can see. It's hard to see anything on the video, but my my right leg was shaking a bunch, which which is odd because usually it's my left leg that did that, the one with the hip. Cramped. And it was doing that shake back and forth thing. And uh, I, think, I don't know what that was, except for you know, that's just a heavy deadlift for me since I've had both procedures done and the, the, the dehydration maybe had something to do with that and, and things like that. But whatever. Called it there. Hit that. Played it smart. Called it there. I felt like I got punched in the ass the next day right where they attached the hamstring. So it was probably a good call. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good day all around. I mean, I can't bitch. And now it's, you know, now I'm eating. So, I'm not gaining weight nearly as fast as I thought. I'm two pounds heavier than I was at the meet after a week of eating in completely gluttonous behavior. Yeah. There's been now no you're just skinny and happy? Yeah, there's been no cookies turned down this week. Um, <laughs> on Tuesday, I think it was, like my wife calls me upstairs, hey, there's a package here from somebody. And I went up and opened it, and it was one of my clients had sent some chocolate covered biscottis and then like 20 minutes later there's another package here for you and Juliet Wendler had sent over this huge thing of freaking Juliet and Jim sent over a giant thing of cookies so it's it's 
been it's been nothing but junk all week. <laughs> so uh, the journey back to two seventy five. So I uh, should be good, but I'll go in today and squat for my first time. But I don't know. I mean, overall, it was a good meet. But Josh came in and killed it. Yeah, he did. Josh trains down with with Dow at Valhalla Barbell. Um, what the hell did he hit? What did he hit? I don't even remember. I was in a meeting days. Yeah, you're kind of meat mode. Uh, he's 20, so he's in juniors. He's, uh, 22, sorry. So he's still in juniors. But he hit a 744 squat, uh, four, like 424 bench, and then I think a 743 deadlift. 724 squat, 743 deadlift. That's what it was. Gotcha. And yeah, for, he had a 1901-pound total, and I think broke two, two either state or national records, both for the squat and deadlift. Yeah, I think national, from what he said. So yeah, but yeah, very good meet. He didn't. I mean, he came in hoping to hit close to that, but he just had a great day and able to put everything together. Yeah. And so barely missed his third deadlift at 766. Yeah, he had a good cycle too. You know, we had that one spot about six weeks out. He had to take a break, but um, other than that, yeah, he had a good training cycle. Yeah, there was those depth issues early on, but that got nipped in the yeah. bud. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we narrowed up his stance down here and, and kind of went to a little bit of a heel, and yeah. that seemed to help him a lot because he was having hip issues from being too wide. And so that was causing, you know, hitting depth, his hip to cramp up. Yeah. Which you still see that a lot in raw lifters. I mean, there's people that are built for it. You know, you're a little more built to be a little wider. Um, yeah. Not super wide, but I, I don't know. From what I saw, it was all those people. So all these people would start lifting, and they'd be in that ultra-wide equipped lifting stance. and. Yeah, and then they'd... Yeah. <laughs> Don't have the hip structure or the the support to do it. Yeah, and then their hips are. But yeah, you've seen. I mean, there were no equipped guys at this meet, were there? I don't think. No, none. Yeah, I don't think there were any. Every once in a while, we'll see one. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not what it was. But uh, <laughs> so, and we got to talk about and, Brian. Yeah, I was about to say, got to he's the other side of the spectrum when it comes to equipped. Yeah, Brian was the, uh, I don't know, he, I'd say he stole the show, I mean, as far as just people being in awe. So what is he, yeah. 26, maybe, I think? Yeah, I, I, he's just a few years younger than me. <clears throat> Kid walks in, he came up to me before squat, and he's like, I don't know what to do, this is my first time, how does it feel out there, am I going to be nervous, this and that, and you're talking about a dude that's like 360, what is he, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah, 6'4", six, six, 380. Yeah, okay, there you go. So, yeah. Um, fucking monster. Yeah, and has no clue what he's doing. I was like, I don't know, what are you opening at? And I just told him how it feels. I was like, I love it out there, you know. I don't hear anything, I don't. And he's like, well, I'm just kind of nervous. He's just a farm boy. Yeah. And I think I asked him what he was opening at. And I think he opened at 650 or something on squat. Something ridiculous. Yeah. And he's like, but I've never yeah. done more than that. I just rep it out. 
And uh, so he walks out there with untied Nike shoes and a singlet that barely fits him. No belt, no wraps, no nothing, and kills all three squats like their openers. His last one was 760. Um, <laughs> and just comes yeah. out that was kind of heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, holy crap, you don't, you have no idea how strong you are. Yeah, and they're, they all look like warm-ups. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it looked exactly. Not even an opener with, with no belt. I mean, yeah. so... You know, what did he go up to on bench? I think he attempted five and missed it for some reason. Um, yeah, he uh, jumped the rack command. Gotcha. He, easily, he easily benched it. He just jumped the rack command. I think it's because he was... He said he had never benched over 455. Yeah. But he's done it for reps. Yes, exactly. So he got excited and just jumped the rack command, which is pretty common, but especially for your first meet. Yeah. Yeah, one of my guys did that, too. Um, yeah. In his first meet. And then, I don't know, Dad left, he opened at 7. He opened at a new national record, I think it was, at 7.65. Yeah. So he beat JP on the deadlift. And then, you're talking about a kid, he's like, I just started bending. Like, literally, when he deadlifts 800, he walks up to the bar, hinges at the waist, and just cranes it up. And he's like, I just started learning how to bend my knees a little bit because I figured if I was going to go above 8.15, I'd need to bend my knees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just a raw talent of a kid. Uh, so we'll see. Me and yeah, he'll be him now. So he'll be uh, he'll be something to watch soon. With no belt, no wraps, he left a hundred pounds on this total on the table there without even getting into a belt and, and wraps. Yeah, so, or learning any like literally, we could have taken a belt put it on him and some wraps and got at least a hundred pounds more total without teaching him anything. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. I was talking, I'm guessing he left 250 pounds on the platform between his squat and his deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he told just under 2,100. So I mean, yeah. bare knees. <laughs> it's just stupid. Uh, and you're talking when you have like guys like JP and Ben Moore kind of in awe, you didn't yeah. know and it was just convincing this kid that. So, yeah, he's gonna be fun. He's gonna be fun to work with. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's coming down here today, uh, squatting with me. So, yeah, should, uh, should be fun to get the hands on him. Yeah, no kidding. Are you gonna get him in wraps? Are you I don't, I'm gonna try and talk him into. I'm at least gonna give him his sleeves. Yeah, because uh, we got Pat down here who's about the same size, and so at least he can get a belt and sleeves on. Yeah. He'll have a hard time fitting in the monolith, too. But Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see for sure. Yeah, so okay, so we got him. A bunch of us are going to go up to Record Breakers meet, so we got to get him ready. Yeah. Um, and everybody else. And he was kind of apprehensive when he saw that yesterday. He's like, so all I see is raw on here, and it says wraps and, sle wraps and this and that. I was like, yeah, you don't have to. You know, they still honor... The thing is, is that the record breakers meet honors records. So if it's yeah. record, they'll honor that. I mean, and that just explaining to that, if you're not comfortable, you can go sleeve. You know, yeah. you're going to get beat by some people in raps, but you're still going after that sleeved record um, and stuff like that. So, 
So on, a, on, a, on a meet like that, like the Open was, because um, it was, you know, basically classic raw only, but they they yeah. took records with sleeves. Yeah. Does it does it count Wilkes for that equation of uh, sleeves and, and wraps, or is it just total? No, that's the thing that'll mess him up. Is like the best lifter, or he'll be going against people in wraps. So. Yeah, that's why if, if, if it's best lifter, it's just the sleeves and wraps goes out of the equation. Yep, yep. So, because that's like in, in that, you know, that raw is you're allowed. Basically, you can wear anything under the maximum allowed of equipment. If you yeah. Want, but you might as well, you know. Yeah, you might as well maximize the meat. Yeah, you might as well go with a belt, a three-meter wrap, and, you know, everything they allow. And that's yeah. what I tell people, you know. If they allow it in the rules, you might as well compete on equal playing ground. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what I didn't understand about guys at the Open this year. I mean, you're talking about $40,000. Yeah. Like, yeah. why not throw, throw wraps on and see what you can get? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so, yeah, we should talk about that. The freaking guy that uh, he goes and wins the Open. And then what was it, two weeks later? Yeah, Yuri Belkin. Yeah, Yuri comes yeah. record, you know, two weeks yeah. later. Uh, it was 903. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see it in Russia? <laughs> and it, was, it, it sucks for him because, you know, he was in front of the biggest stage ever in powerlifting two weeks earlier and missed it right in front of Ed Cohn. Yep. Who's rooting for him and then goes and hits it in front of, like, 45 people in his hometown. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him either way. It's still an amazing yeah. feat. But he, the stage was a lot different. Yeah. I've been talking about stuff with, with everybody, Mark and Jim. And it's just, um, when I was going to pull 800 ah, 10, 10 years ago, you know, when I was pulling in mid sevens, that was big 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> And 800 was like, you were the man. Now, 800 is a joke. 800 is like, yeah. everybody's doing it. It's, a, it's crazy. And, yes, drugs are at play. It ain't that much. It, they No more than they were in play 10 years ago. I don't think. You know? So, Do you think it's just mass knowledge? You think it's what? Do you think it's just mass knowledge as far as I think. You, know, you got the internet? And every everybody giving cues that, or giving other people to work on rather than having to figure it out on your own and kind of going and finding people and figuring out what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. And I think you know, talking to Mark, I think one of the things that he brought up was like he's like we always when we were twenty, you know, we'd go in, we'd squat one day a week, we'd go in, we'd pull one day a week, we'd bench one day a week. He said now yeah. we have the recovery ability. They've it's been pushed on them that they can handle more volume. And they started that at a younger age when they were, yeah. you know, so their body's accustomed to it. Um, and uh, he thinks that's a big part of it. They just, they got themselves accustomed to a higher amount of volume at a younger and weaker training age. And they're able to carry that on into an older, stronger age. Yeah. Pushing their progress along. You're seeing them, you're seeing dudes hit weights in their early 20s like Josh. The guys just didn't hit until they were 35. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until they had 15 years of training under their belt. 
Um, so, the internet sucks in many ways, but it's great. You know, and now yeah. you have all these people, you can reach out and learn from anybody. Um, so, yeah, that's probably yeah, hard. I mean, like, we never would have hooked up without, uh, no, for coaching wise, without, you know, the internet and podcasts. And so, and that's taken me a long way. Yeah, I mean, 15 years you know ago, I mean? we'd, have, we'd have probably ran into each other at a meet. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but even then, you'd be like, well, you're, I'm three and a half hours away. Maybe yeah. see you the next meet, you know. We'd never see each other again, you know. That'd be the only yeah. time we ran into each other. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy thing, but... I don't know. I mean, I think one thing interesting right now in the world of strength sports is I honestly think powerlifting and weightlifting is probably bigger than it's ever been in the United States. Oh, yeah. And that's pretty fun. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing people get into it younger, whereas powerlifting, you used to kind of be a, well, I'm done with football. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who knows, yeah, like open, you know, this open handing out money like they did and things like that, you never okay. know where it's so. Oh, oh, yeah. It's definitely a new thing. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I guess I'm kind of jaded, though. Like, I didn't, I've always kind of been into powerlifting since it's been popular. Just, I don't know if it's because of my age range or what. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got to see you've got to see it come in such a progression that yeah guys of my generation haven't got to see yeah it's well I mean I remember the days when like like now what JP had sixty some lifters and he filled it up in two days yeah it used to be like fifteen or twenty lifters and you know now these meets yeah. are fucking going up overnight and they're pushing people away I mean there's it's it's neat, but yeah, like, like that record breakers meet. It'll probably be he put it up last night. It'll probably be filled up in two days. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, but women are taking over the sport too. Oh yeah, huge. Women have exploded, and they're getting strong as hell. Yeah. Um, Your girl Becky's gonna be a freak. Yeah, you know that was a good one. Becky had that meet that. So Becky got hurt in the meet that Dallas squatted 800 on her opener squat. So that kind of peed on her parade. But this was our comeback meet, and literally all we did was hit what should be openers for her. But yeah. just being able to do that was a, a huge step forward as far as just mentally being back at it. So what she, she hit 335 squat, 170 bench. And a 355 deadlift. Um, and now she's fired up. She's like, okay, I'm good. You know, I don't hurt at all. And now, so she's going to do the the meet in July uh, here in town as kind of a warm-up meet uh, where we'll push it harder and try and, try and cross that 400-pound squat barrier, 400-pound deadlift barrier, maybe 180 bench. And then... Then really push it for November. So, yeah. Um, 
No, I mean, look, looking at her, it's fun watching the weight classes in women. Like, she, we're putting her at 165. Because if yeah. you go down, the 148 squat record is astronomical. And the 181 squat record is crazy, too. That 155 yeah. class is a good match for her. I don't think, it's not going to be there this November. But right now, the record's 480. And that's what I was telling her. I was like, you had four at this meet. Yeah. You're not Easily. far off that, you know. <laughs> Thinking you can hit that national record is not, and that's all time American record. It's not a reach, you know. So yeah, and she's built to squat, but <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, she's built like a female version of me. Yeah, just short leg, short leg, long torso, and short arms. Yep. Yeah, it's just you know we had to relearn her squat a little bit and things like that, but. It's come along, but I don't know anything else going on in the industry we can talk about. Anything interesting coming up? I'm trying to think. Other than you know, just the meats and you know, there's no new products coming out. Everybody's you know kind of tapped out the market with sleeves and and wraps and kind of starting to see. I'm trying to think who just. Who just got theirs finally crossed? It's supposed to be like the best, the ones that have the cross right, right across the knee. That's supposed to be the they're outlawed forever. They're outlawed in all the federations. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're allowed. Which a sleeve's a sleeve. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> to me, anyway, like, and I don't get the people who have to use baby powder to pull them on to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just the latest thing, man. I mean, it's the latest thing to latch on to, and uh, I like sleeves. They keep my knees warm. They keep me healthy when I train. I compete in rings. Yeah. Even the sleeved category, as far as, like, classic raw and now raw, it's just weird to me. I don't know. It's like it just gave another place to make records. And yeah. I don't, I mean, to me, I'm, they call me a purist, but raw lifting has always been rap's belt. And it's like, yeah. you know, do it. <laughs> and if you're not, don't. I mean, powerlifting to me, it's... it's it... I was going to say, my hat's off to the guys that squat a lot in sleeves. I don't want my knees to blow up for them. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I get that. But, I mean, I don't know, part of it to me, the, the initiation of powerlifting was, you know, you wrench on these fucking knee wraps that are uncomfortable as shit, and a lot of people hate it, and they won't do it. And it's, But that's part of it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's squatting and not being able to feel your ankles, and... You know, uh, yeah, I, I imagine the geared guys would argue the same thing against the raw guys. You know, yeah. getting squeezed into a suit like a sausage, and you know, so uh, yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to see where it comes. I don't know if it's a is it all marketing, marketing driven? Maybe you know, but yeah, you know, it gives another thing to sell, and any sport that's big. It needs money behind it, so, and that's where it's going to come from, you know. There's only so many, you only buy so many boots in your career, and even raps. I mean, raps last quite a while, so. Yeah. But, anyway, we'll call it a day. I think that was good. I'm going to go get ready to squat. Fair enough, I'm going to go. Well, yeah, I'm going to go see if we can get Brian to squat a 1,000 today. There you go. Let me know what he gets. Push him up. Get him yeah. at least 800. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
he didn't test himself at all at that last meet. So no, he's like still a, probably 100 percent fresh. Yeah, that was like a a hard training day. Is all that was. Yeah. So. So. Right on. I'll work, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.